0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the most magical podcast on the internet or should I say the most happiest podcast because that's right today we are doing something a little bit different still giving you all the wonderful magic Disney news but we are going to the happiest place on earth over on the west coast not the east coast this time so without further ado we're going to hop on over to the episode with some very special guests. All right, listeners and watchers galore, here we are. We are going to do a guide on Disneyland. Now, you might be wondering, Kara, are you going to be talking? You've never been to Disneyland before. No, you're right. I have not. So, I brought our Disneyland experts from the podcast. Our editor, Sydney, is with me here today. Hi, Sydney. Hi, guys. And our social media manager, the amazing Amanda. Hi, everybody. Now, these are our Disneyland friends. They are from, or originally from Sydney, <laughs> the West Coast. Um, and so their home bases are Disneyland. So they will be giving you guys all of the happiest place knowledge today. So I think, who's starting us off with the history? I think it's Amanda. Yes,
1: I'm going to start off with the history of Disneyland. All right. So just jumping right in, so Disneyland was opened on July 17th, 1955. Um, It was the very first Disney park that has ever been opened in the world, which makes it so special um, to me and to everybody who loves Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, It is actually also the only park that was ever designed and completed um, to completion, like actually built to completion with the supervision of Walt Disney so that's another reason why it is just so special and so nostalgic knowing that Walt Disney actually took footsteps in a completed Disneyland um, it gives me like chills like goosebumps just like thinking about him being there I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way
0: <laughs> I do remember in one of the episodes I said how I touched the tree of life and I just like felt like a shock go through me I just can't even imagine going to Disneyland
2: Yeah, it really was everything that, like, Walt envisioned it to be. And the fact that he was there from start to finish is something that none of the other parks have. So it's special.
1: Yeah, definitely. So when Disneyland first opened, it had 20 attractions. Um, So that includes, like, your shows, um, special rides that were there at that time. Anything that was going on, 20 attractions. And I'll talk later about everything that's still left. Um, but I don't know how aware our listeners are of like how much of a disaster opening day was for Disneyland. So July 17th, which is now deemed Black Sunday, um, and Walt Disney like even gave it that name, um, it was a terrible opening day. So, so many things went wrong. There were approximately, they say like 28,000 guests that day but only half of them were actually invited. The other half somehow bought counterfeit tickets or apparently were like jumping over the fences to get into Disneyland, like sneaking in because everyone wanted to be there. It was just such a special day. There were celebrities. Like I think um, Ronald Reagan was there, or something like that. Um, But so many crazy things were happening that day. Um, let's, Let's see here. So there was traffic to get in. So if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know where Harbor Boulevard is, like right next to Disneyland. Apparently there was like bumper to bumper traffic on that two lane road. No one could get into the parking lot. So all these like special guests that were supposed to be there were late and not arriving on time. Um, there was a local like plumber strike going on. So there was a huge issue with like the water Systems in Anaheim. And apparently, Walt Disney had the choice of either having working toilets or working water fountains. And he chose the working toilets, which I would have chosen as well. But that meant that there were like not operating water fountains in Disneyland. So, and it was one of the hottest days of the summer. It was like 101 degrees, which is very hot for Southern California. So, all this madness is happening. Meanwhile, like, the construction of Disneyland was literally being completed that morning. Like, they were pouring asphalt that morning. There were women in high heels, but their high heels were sinking into the asphalt because it had not fully settled yet. Yeah. Kara's, like, shaking her head. (laughs) It just sounds miserable. (laughs) But if you ever talk to someone who was there opening day or they know a family member who was there opening day, they have, like, the fondest memories of that day because it was such a special thing to be at Disneyland's opening. And I probably would have suffered through any of that stuff to be there. I wish I could go back to that day.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I I think it's interesting because the generation, um, you know, that went opening day is luckily for the most part still with us. So it's, you know, we got to get someone here on the podcast that was just there uh, or at Walt Disney world opening day. I'd love to hear their stories
1: that would be so cool. Yeah. If you know anyone, send us their email or forward our email to them, because we would love to have them on the podcast. I could just talk to someone who was at Disneyland opening day for probably hours and
2: hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so amazing. And I just, I think it's the funniest story ever that like women's high heels were literally sinking into the ground as they're trying to walk around the park. Like, it's it's ridiculous, but I am curious to know what kind of rides they had opened on opening day.
1: Yeah, so um, a lot of the rides from opening day are actually still there. I think there's like 13 that you can still ride. Um, so a lot of them are in Fantasyland. So we have um, King Arthur's Carousel, Mister Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, uh, The Mad Tea Party, Snow White's Fairy Adventures, which is now Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Um, and then the Casey junior circus train, they were all there operating opening day. Um, the storybook land canal boat was actually called the canal boat of the world back then. And that ride actually was like a disaster on opening day because apparently like the boats were not working. The landscaping was not done yet. So that ride actually closed like two months after opening and they actually did the right thing and completed it and then reopened it and renamed it as the Storybook Land Canal Boat. So a lot of fantasy land were actually original rides which makes it a very, very special nostalgic place to be. Um, And then some of the other rides were the Jungle Cruise, the Mark Twain Riverboat, um, and the Disneyland Railroad as well. The Disneyland Railroad did not have all of its stations back then, uh, because not all of those lands were there yet, um, but it was open and operating. And then I think in this one was the Autopia also, which Autopia has changed a million times since then, um, but that was an opening day ride in Tomorrowland and is the only opening day ride left.
2: Kara's raising her hand.
0: (laughs) I'm so sorry. I have a question. What is Autopia? Because the only thing I'm thinking about is Zootopia. Is it based off of this? No. No.
1: Autopia is basically like Disneyland's equivalent to the Tomorrowland Speedway at Magic Kingdom.
2: Oh, okay. It's been there forever. It's been there. You just said it's been there since opening day, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, but it's literally you, you used to, used to get, when I was little, I used to get in line and they'd give you like a little driver's license and you get to go in the car and, you know, drive the car on the track. And, um, that's, it's basically exactly like Tomorrowland Speedway,
0: not Zootopia. Got it. No, it's from
1: 1955. <laughs> far from Zootopia. Got it. it. <laughs> um, in fact, it's actually my least favorite ride. So if you go to Disneyland with me, do not expect me to get on that ride with you, because the fumes from the vehicles give me an instant headache, and I think it's a terrible ride. But
0: Ooh. good to know. Good to know. Nice.
1: <laughs> um, so going back to Disneyland, though, so it is now made up of nine lands. So if we're walking in to Disneyland and we're going under the railroad bridge, you're going to walk right into Main Street, USA. And Main Street, USA is, um, I think here you talked about this in the walk through Main Street Magic Kingdom episode, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's themed off of Walt Disney's hometown of Marceline, Missouri. So um, it's very similar to Magic Kingdom's Main Street, um, but there are some differences. And maybe we'll do a walk through Main Street USA Disneyland episode um, sometime, so we can talk about those differences. But so you'll walk down Main Street and then right in front of you is Sleeping Beauty's castle. Um, The huge thing like when people go to Disneyland for the first time is that castle is so small. Like it is itty bitty if you've only seen Cinderella's castle, it's tiny. When you walk in, you can, like, barely see the very top of it.
2: Um, a lot but shorter, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very small. Um, but so you're right in that hub area. And our hub's a little bit different than Magic Kingdom because it doesn't have, like, the hub graph, and it's not as big. Um, but if you go off to the left, you'll go to Adventureland and Frontierland. Kay. And those were both original lands when Disneyland opened. Mm -hmm. If you go further, you'll get into New Orleans Square, which was an addition in the 60s. They added on New Orleans Square. And then if you keep going, you'll get into Critter Country, which they added in the 70s. When it was added, it was actually called Bear Country. Um, And then I think they changed the name to Critter Country around the time that Splash Mountain was open. Um, It used to have like the Country Bear Jamboree, which is still at Magic Kingdom. And it was more bear themed, so it was bear country. And then when they added the other critters from Splash Mountain, it became Critter Mm Country. And then if we go back to the hub, if you go straight through, so if you you're obviously going to get to Fantasyland. That was an original land as well. Um, Going past that, you would get to Mickey's Tomb Town,
0: which was added. (laughs) Are you getting this? I'm trying trying to keep up. I'm like picturing like Magic Kingdom uh, at Walt Disney World and like just adding the lands. yeah so i'm following okay
1: yeah so um fantasy land and if you keep going further you'll get to mickey's Toontown. town so it's back past um where our is the small world is and mickey's Toontown was added in the 90s i actually went like when it was opening and i remember like going to mickey's house for the first time and it was so special it kind of ages me a little bit though that i remember that opening but
2: you
1: yeah. know um it's a very special place to me because of that. Um, and if we go back to the hub. If you were to go to the right, when you were entering, you would get into Tomorrowland and that was an original land as well. Can you figure out the one that I'm missing? Uh,
0: Sarah? Uh, um, I, hmm, <laughs> uh, is it in the script? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Galaxy's no. Edge. Yeah. See, I would have never thought of that because I'm like, that's not even in Disneyland. No, it's in Hollywood Studios. Y'all don't have Hollywood Studios. So then I just get confused and then I'm never going to be able to answer it. <laughs> yep. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is the newest edition.
1: So it was added in 2019. Am I getting that year right? 2019. Yeah. And like- it is way in the back. So our... Um, our Galaxy's Edge actually has an entrance from Fantasyland, from from Frontierland, and from Critter Country. So you can go in at three different ways. Oh my God. But it's way tucked in there in the back.
2: Yeah, and I think um, it goes really well with the theming of the land because it has kind of like those three paths, but it's so out of the way and tucked in the back that it's like, okay, I'm really leaving like Earth behind it. I'm going on an adventure into the galaxy and Go, like immersing yourself into the land, really.
1: It totally oh, cool. feels that way. And actually, when we were there um, last weekend, it was my brother's first time going to Galaxy's Edge. And I was like, Are you prepared to leave Disneyland? And he's like, What are you talking about? Like, no, it literally feels like you're leaving Disneyland because there's no sign of Disney in there anywhere. I mean, I know Disney owns Star Wars, but you're not going to see a Mickey shaped balloon in there unless someone brought it in. You know, they're not selling any merchandise in there that looks anything like Disney. Um,
0: so really- levels of like outfit planning for Disneyland, just like got 10 times higher. I stress out having to choose and I'm not even a Star Wars fan, but like having to choose an outfit between like Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge. But y'all have like Galaxy's Edge, Tomorrowland, this, that, the bear country, this, everything else. That's just wow. Crazy.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because when I was writing the script, I mean, I knew that there was a lot in Disneyland, but nine lands seemed like so much to me when I was writing this down. But I'm like, yeah, we really do have all nine of those. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: And I think you really get like your bang for your buck because it's like in such a condensed space too. Like if you think about how big Magic Kingdom is, Like, you know, and how you have the hub grass area, you have all of this open space and Disneyland is like, nope, we have to utilize every space we have for like walkways for people to get around. Mm -hmm. um, so They're not on top of each other and trampling each other. And so uh, it definitely saves your feet to have all of these lands in one place.
0: And I know, um, you know, I'm just imagining, (laughs) imagining the Imagineering story. And that was really just like my first glimpse of Disneyland and, and what they do there. So it's just, I, I think as someone who hasn't been there before, it is, it's a little hard to like imagine all these different themes in one place. Yeah.
1: yeah and if you haven't seen the imaginary story on Disney+, Plus, that first episode is really like solely dedicated to Disneyland, designing it, building it, everything. And that episode, I've watched it a few times now, probably like three or four and every time I cry because it's just so special. And I love how like into in detail they explained everything. So that whole series was amazing. I need them to make more episodes because I'm obsessed, <laughs> um, but especially that first episode.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. And I know you mentioned earlier that Disneyland is the only park that Walt really saw from start to finish. Um, but I feel like it's not even finished because they keep adding more and more things. So like, that's the thing with Disney theme parks, they're never fully done. They're always going to be updated. Um, so I'd be curious to see what he thinks of everything that they've done now. And it's, it's right. You're right.
0: There's so much stuff that has happened between opening day and now, And now with COVID restrictions, I feel like everything feels new to us again. Um, And there's just so much coming. So Sydney, can you kind of tell us what's coming in 2021 here with Disneyland? What should people expect?
2: Yeah, of course. So I have my notes over here so I don't miss anything. Um, At the time that we are recording this episode, which is two weeks in advance, um, they are slowly like lifting more and more COVID restrictions, like Kara was saying. so it's kind of like a brand new experience to be in the parks without masks and without the social distancing and all of that. Um, so they are coming out with new updates every single day. Uh, I think this episode is going to premiere like right before Disneyland's birthday, which is July 17th. So that's very exciting. Um, but with all of that being said, with new attractions and restaurants opening, we will make sure that we update you on everything that's happening on our Instagram page and our Instagram story. So if you haven't followed us yet, a quick plug, follow us on Instagram to get all of the latest Disney news. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing on my list is fireworks are returning on July 4th. So by the time this is premiering, it will have already been back for a couple of weeks. But we are excited because I know how much all of us have missed our fireworks, Um, me especially. That's like, you don't end a Disney day unless you see fireworks to me. (laughs) Um, So that will be Mickey's Mix Magic, I believe. And uh, I have to be honest, that one was the last show that was open when I was there, like the day before it had closed from COVID. And it is a lot more projections than it is actual fireworks. So, um, if you've seen past Disneyland shows, I have to be honest, those were better to me. Um, Mickey's mixed magic. It's still nice. You still get fireworks, just not as many. And it's more projections on the castle and on all of the buildings on main street. Um, they have like Mickey Minnie. they have a frozen section of it where, uh, Elsa's like snow everyone. So it's fun, but I have to say the past fireworks shows have been more impressive to me. Do you agree, Amanda?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And Mickey's Mixed Magic is usually that fireworks show that they kind of put in between, like as a buffer between their other fireworks shows. So when it's like a transition from Halloween to Christmas, like they might throw it in there or when they're coming out with a new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really feel like this is just a transition to something bigger and better that hopefully will bring be bringing up soon um but it's a slow transition back into having fireworks at disneyland
2: yeah that's still super exciting and i know everyone on the east coast is excited that magic kingdom will get their full happily ever after back so (laughs) but we are still talking about disneyland this is our (laughs) shine so um the next update i have is jungle cruise will be reopening on july 16th with its new updates so if you haven't seen um disney news lately they are updating jungle cruise and they release that for the first time ever, the skipper will play a more important role in the attraction itself, which I am super curious to see what that means because I already think the skipper makes the attraction. (laughs) So I'm excited to see all the changes. I love Jungle Cruise. Uh, I don't hit it up every time, but it's definitely one that I take my nephew on every time when I go with him. He loves it.
0: The skipper is gonna get off the boat and they're gonna like do this crazy interactive thing with the stuff on the island and then come back in, drive us away. That's my prediction.
2: That's a theory. (laughs) That's Uh, my prediction.
0: Disclaimer prediction. They
1: did release like some concept art. So like where there's the jungle cruise like totem pole or whatever, Mm -hmm. they had like skippers climbing up it, I think, instead. So Mm -hmm. there is some concept art. I'll make sure to put it on our Instagram page so you guys can all see it too. Um, But that kind of gives you a little bit of a teaser what it's going to be like. And I believe those updates are happening at Magic Kingdom too, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah. And I wonder if it has anything to do with the new Jungle Cruise movie that's going to premiere, I think this summer. It was supposed to premiere last summer. Yes, I will be getting premiere access for that. (laughs) I'm excited for that one. Um, So we'll see if it correlates with the movie. And I just hope they keep their infamous joke, the backside of water (laughs) in the script, (laughs) because that's what we all come for. (laughs) Um, And then the last but not least addition that I have to share with you guys is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway will be added to, I think, Toontown, correct, Amanda? Yeah, in 2022. So it's not going to come in 2021, but by 2022 and sometime, they're going to add that attraction to Toontown, which I, I am a huge fan of because there's really not that much to do in Toontown other than like walk around and see, you know, Minnie's house, Mickey's house. There's one little coaster in there. But to have like a huge attraction like that will bring a lot of foot traffic to that land.
1: Good. Did point you out. guys see that they were like demolishing the store in Toontown in the middle of the day when guests were there? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh! You'll have to look it up. So yeah, With there's the walls up. Day. Yeah, so they had the walls up, but like the store. I don't know if you know Sydney where the Five and Dime store is in Toontown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're like demolishing those <laughs> Sorry. Demolishing those buildings and like to I don't know, help with the queue for the ride or whatever. But they had okay. like excavators, I guess is what you call them. I'm not even sure. Like demolishing the building right in the middle of the day.
2: Oh wow. Disney went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to get this done. We're on a timeline. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, and I wonder about that because they've been so quiet about the ride through COVID. I know that they have said construction was still happening, but they still haven't released a date. And we really don't even know if it's for sure happening in 2022 anymore Mm -hmm. because they have not released anything since they first initially said Mm -hmm. we were getting the gaming. But that's
2: what they do best. They'll drop a little hint saying like, this is what, these are all of our big plans. We're not telling you when they're happening. So (laughs) good luck. Um, But that is all the updates I have for you guys right now. We are going to take a quick ad break and then we will be back with more Disneyland segments.
0: right everyone i just want to give a big shout out to amanda and sydney you guys have already filled my brain with so much disneyland knowledge um you know our other co-host casey is not here with us today but i already know she has a notebook full of her notes listening to this podcast episode getting ready for a disneyland trip but you know you guys are are um enthusiasts you're our experts on the Disneyland here the podcast and I need just know your insiders I'm not trying to go to know big time people and they're like oh go ride the Everest and it's not Everest over there but whatever I want to know your opinions so I I want to start first your top three rides let's go Amanda first okay so this is a
1: very difficult question for me I can imagine that it's like if parent had to pick their favorite child I don't know who they would pick (laughs) or me as a teacher like being asked who's my favorite student I can't say I love them all Um, but I think I have to go with the three mountains so splash is actually my favorite ride for very nostalgic reasons not even because of the ride itself but it was like my first big kid ride I ever went on I had the tradition of grabbing a Mickey ice cream sandwich and then hopping in the Splash Mountain line. And it's just super nostalgic to me. So Splash is my favorite, but then Space and Thunder are right up there too. You know, those three rides are the ones that I'm going on over and over and over. And that's who I'm gonna go with.
0: Yes, Kara. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, so Splash Mountain over there. Is it still, uh, is it themed the same?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same. The inside actually is a little bit not as outdated as the okay. Magic Kingdom version, but it's essentially the same.
0: And um, it, is August it also getting the re theme?
1: It is, yeah. Okay. It was getting Princess and the Frog. So it will probably, actually, I love Princess and the Frog and I'm so excited, but it will probably move down my list just because all the nostalgia of Splash Mountain as a child is going to go away. And I've cried many tears having to say bye to that ride
0: but it's
1: okay my goal is which people think I'm crazy my husband thinks I'm nuts but my goal is to go like the last day Splash Mountain is open and literally just ride it like just go on that ride all day and do nothing else except for eat, because I just I love it
2: how many times did you ride it on your last trip
1: only once but our last trip was also so quick. Like our Disneyland day, we were only there from open to like four thirty. So yeah. we only got to go on it one time. We were prioritizing. But you yeah. can ask my sister. I make her go on it over and over
0: and over and over. <laughs> Understandable. Sydney, what about you? What's your top three?
2: Um so two of my top 3 actually overlap with Amanda cuz they're just that good. Um these are in no particular order, but it was I am also really bad with favorites because I'm very indecisive. Um but if I had to pick 3, I would choose Big Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain, and then also Indiana Jones. So, um that's one that's Disneyland specific. They don't have it over at Disney World. It's most comparable to Dinosaur because um, you're in like a Jeep and you're going around and it's all Indiana Jones theme. But I always loved Indiana Jones like as a kid growing up, I watched the movies with my dad and my brother was, was obsessed with Indiana Jones. And it was it's just a really fun ride. So that one has a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, and then Big Thunder in Space Mountain totally better at Disneyland. I said what I said. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's no debate, there's
0: no debate there. <laughs> Got it. So moving on from the rides, of course, we have to ask your favorite snack or restaurant, and we'll start with Sydney this time.
2: Okay. Um, so all, I think I listed, Two restaurants, um, so other than like the traditional Dole With, which is like my favorite snack because I'm a huge pineapple girl, um, for restaurants, I love Cafe Orleans, which is like the cheaper version of the Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou is really fun for special occasions. Um, it's a sit-down restaurant, but sometimes you just want to get in and out and not have this whole dining experience. So you go to Cafe Orleans same food, same quality, cheaper price. It's still a sit down. You just kind of get through it quicker. Um, And my favorite thing there is the Monte Cristo, which is very famous to Disneyland. Um, It's like a ham, turkey, cheese, like fried sandwich. (laughs) And they dust it with powdered sugar and you dip it in jam. So you have like the sweet and salty combination. Um, And then my second favorite, I had to have two, is Jolly Holiday Bakery, and I love going there like at the end of the day, especially like in the wintertime, to get um, their toasted cheese and, and tomato soup. So it's like a grilled cheese and tomato soup combo. Uh, it's just the best.
0: Okay, now I'm hungry.
2: <laughs> sounds great. So, so to make me even more
0: hungry, uh, Amanda, can you add on to that?
1: Yeah, so Sydney and I basically have the same favorites when it comes to food. Um, I would say my favorite restaurant is Blue Bayou. Um, It's just, like she said, it's such a great special occasion place. Um, And actually, I want to shout out a cast member because we went to Blue Bayou on my trip last weekend. And I had actually made a reservation for two for my husband and I because I could not get a reservation for our whole family for all seven. And we had planned on, we were going to go to Blue Bayou and then they had cafe um lunch reservations. And then we were going to meet up after. And I happened to just walk by Blue Bayou, like right when we opened at 11 and asked one of the cast members if there was any way we could squeeze in more people. Because it was Father's Day and we were with my stepdad and I was like, you know, I should at least try to do this. Um, so she said, come back later closer to your reservation and it should be fine. So we came back and they got a little table for all seven of us. And it was right by the water. So Sydney, like, you know, like that's the best seat in the house to be right by the water with Pirates of the Caribbean. And you can wave to everybody on the ride and everything. So special shout out. If Lily happens to be listening, Lily from Disneyland at Blue Bayou, thank you for hooking my family up with the best seat in the house, literally. Um, but yeah, that restaurant is so special. And I always get the Monte Cristo there as well. Um, it's really the same as Cafe Orleans. It just comes with a salad instead of right now they're serving the Monte Cristo at Cafe Orleans with the pommes frites, which are the famous fries in Disneyland. But, um, and then as far as like snacks, I'm a very basic snack girl. So like the churros, the Dole Whip, Mickey. um, ice cream sandwich the mickey Texel, like give me all the basic
0: disney snacks there's nothing wrong with a little basic nothing wrong with it at all and you guys you've added so much of my list of things to do when i get there because i will get there number one we're just gonna speak that into uh, existence um but yeah I, i'm We're going to talk about all the things I want to do, but I need to know your bucket list items. Like what are the things you absolutely need to do eventually at Disneyland? Amanda, we'll go back to you first.
1: Yeah. So I feel like I've done a ton in Disneyland, Um, but my number one thing is Club 33. So if you don't know, Club 33 is the very exclusive club that is in Disneyland that only members can get into or guests of members Um, so that's been on my bucket list literally since I was a small child. You walk by that door that says Club 33 and you just wonder what's behind the door. And as a kid, I would always try to peek in when the door would open and see what I could see in there, which of course was nothing. Um, but that's like the number one. And actually, I'm turning 33 in December. So I'm having like serious goals that maybe it will happen for my 33rd birthday because Club 33 for my 33rd birthday, like there's nothing better. But again, I'm like speaking this into existence, like Kara's Disneyland trip, but I'll, I'll be okay if I get there anytime in my life.
0: So, like, let's just put a big thing. If you're watching on YouTube, let's just put a big screen. If you work at Disneyland, please help us out. (laughs) Flashers everywhere. Um, And Sydney, same for you. What is your bucket list item?
2: Um, very similar to Amanda. I would love to go to Club 33 one day. Um, That's a long-term goal because I don't. I don't know if it's happening anytime soon for me, but, um, another thing is I've always wanted to go to Dapper Day at Disneyland. Like I've been before on Dapper Day, but never like dressed up and gone all out for it. So that's one thing that I want to do on my bucket list. Good to know.
0: Dapper Day is cute. I like, I never know, like I need a calendar of Disney events because these things just come up.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like
0: Dapper Day, This Day, Boo Day, uh, some some like everything just comes up. We need to get, a, we need to get a real calendar here for our listeners as well, because we can all participate even virtually from home.
2: Yeah. And you know me, the Disney fashionista, I'd love to like dress up and go and I don't know, just be a Barbie for a day. <laughs>
0: it's, it's great. I, I want to hear about it. And you guys have bucket lists, just like Casey and I have bucket list items. Um, even though she's not here today, I am going to be reading some of Casey's bucket list items and she doesn't want to give a shout out to our Ashley's, our unofficial brand reps of the podcast uh, for helping her figure out her bucket list items. First, Casey would like to ride the Disneyland Railroad all the way around the park. Is that open? It's mm-hmm.
1: open. It's open. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
0: I- yeah,
1: yeah. It's
0: open right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ride the Disney <laughs> Railroad. Um, eat at Blue Bayou, which the listeners just heard about from our two Disneyland experts. She would like to wave hi to Walt's light in his apartment inside Disneyland. What's that all about? Who's so
1: um, right on Main Street, there is a fire station. And the window up in the top, there's a light. And that was actually Walt's apartment that he lived in and they keep the light on all of the time to honor him. And I believe it was even on like the entire time during the closures
2: for COVID. I yeah. love that's that. so special? Like I tear up every time I like, I walk by it every single time, leave in the park and I just look up and I don't know, it's like his spirit is residing in the park.
0: I also like it being, uh, you know, an actress and singer and working in theater. You know, you leave the light on in the theater And Walt treated his parks so much like a theater, being on stage and off stage with everything beneath. So I love the connection between the two. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wants to ride Alice in Wonderland, Mr. Toad, Snow White, Pinocchios, and all the things that they don't have at Walt Disney World. Which I feel like anyone who's going to Disneyland, we've said this on another episode before, is to do those specific Disneyland rides.
2: Yeah. Did insider yeah. today? Yes. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for me.' <laughs> <laughs> worry, I know we talked about it. Um, and then Mickey's mix magic. She said it's like dancing and singing everyone on Main Street. What a party. Go to party at Disney. Love it.
2: I think that one of the lines in the song is literally like it's a party. So
1: <laughs> yeah, the, um, get your ears on song. Is it called? It's a good time. Yeah. yeah it okay. is like a dance party. Like she interpreted that very well. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying how it's not the best firework show, but the music is rocking. Like, yeah, it's really cool.
0: So moving on to mine. Okay. So first I obviously want to picture what the castle because and I know that seems like very cliche, but like if I'm going to Disneyland, I want a picture with the castle. Mostly because I'm I still get very confused about what's in Disneyland versus DCA. Um it took me until what 2019 or 2020 to realize they were two separate things. So, you know, get a picture with the castle. My second thing is real se- quick about that though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um,
2: Amanda and I both have the same favorite castle angle where we take all of our castle photos. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. Cause she recently posted about it on her page, but we like to go, if you're facing the castle, you kind of go to like the left side, like go to the left. And then it has like this really beautiful wide angle of the castle. So, and I think those pictures come out way better than like going straight on so that's
1: better angle and no one else is ever taking pictures over there which now we're telling everyone our tips so now it will be like super crowded (laughs) over there yeah um but you don't have to battle with like other people in your pictures like you are just there by yourself and there might be people walking across the bridge but they're Mm -hmm. in the distance not in your way
2: yeah and the bridge like the sides of the bridge are almost so tall that you only see like the top of their head. Sometimes you don't see like the main cluster of people in the middle. There's a pathway there. That's pretty open that no one really walks through and it's kind of like tucked behind Royal theater. And then they actually, I found this out last time I went um on a rainy day they have like this little grassy area with a gate around it that you could like I actually went inside there and there were some ducks in there and I had a photo shoot with ducks and then the castle was behind me so That's some cute. insider tips with that when you go and take your castle photo Kara
0: okay um can we put that on our Instagram for the listeners to know this specific angle is more for mm-hmm. me duh but for our audience as well I'm sure you guys want your best castle picks um my second thing is getting on this space mountain that is supposed to be so much better than the one at disney world and i love space mountain at disney world so i'm sure that i'd love it even more at disneyland
2: yeah it's less awkward you can sit next to your friend instead of being like <laughs> behind of- them <laughs> and i feel like the seating is always so awkward in disney World on that space mountain <laughs>
0: Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to it, or maybe it's just because it's complete darkness around you that I don't even recognize that someone's not there. I'm just constantly ducking, <laughs> so the feeling of getting feeling of hitting something. And then I my
1: third, huh? I like, I always feel like Space Mountain is like the Matterhorn of Magic Kingdom because mm-hmm. it's so jerky and like rocks you around. And Space Mountain at Disneyland is not that way at all. It's super smooth like you want a roller coaster to be so i think you'll like it
0: better okay interesting uh my third and final thing is just take some additional time in those lands that aren't at disney world specifically um toontown and new orleans square those are the two that if I were to bring them to Disney World, those are the two that I'd want. Toontown just seems cute because it's like the cartoon in old times. So it's like keeping that nostalgia that Amanda was talking about in New Orleans Square. I say that Disney World, hold on, this is a plug. Disney World right behind Splash Mountain needs like a club area back there and just like make it Tiana's Club and have like beignets and have just cool stuff and New Orleans back there. That is my official Disney do it.
1: You know, and I wonder if they're going to do something like that because Splash Mountain is being rethemed to Princess and the Frog, which yes. does not fit in with Magic Kingdom's Frontierland
2: mm-hmm. at all.
1: So I really feel like they might incorporate some of New Orleans Square into Magic Kingdom.
2: Yes. Yeah, they need a Tiana's place, and they need to serve beignets and mint juleps like they have at Disneyland, and mm-hmm. you could just chill back there.
0: Absolutely, and it it's my official decree that Disney World should bring that to our parks. And there's just so much to talk about with Disneyland and our bucket lists and all of my notes and my brain feels not fried, but I I'm excited. Like, I just want to go, I want to go to Disneyland and I'm sure our listeners feel that and they have questions for us. And we are actually going to be posting some Disneyland questions and some fun. Would you rathers over on our Instagram? So when this comes out today, on July 14th, which is super close to Disneyland's birthday, hop over to our instagram so you can answer those pictures as well all right guys this was a lot of disneyland i just want to give a special thank you and shout out so much to sydney and amanda for joining me here today any final thoughts
2: I am just so excited for you to be able to see it. Um, I know once you see it in person and walk through all the lands, it'll start clicking like, oh, that's what they were talking about. So I'm just excited for that to happen. And uh, anytime we get to share our love for Disneyland, which is our home park, is amazing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's
1: like same as what Sydney said. I could talk for hours and hours and hours about Disneyland will probably end up being one of our longest episodes because I feel like we've been talking forever about it, but we could just keep going on and on. But yeah, thank you for asking me to come on. Of course, and we miss Casey. Oh, we Casey. She's actually at Disney right now.
0: She is. And guys, the conversation doesn't need to stop with our episode. If you're on uh, YouTube, go ahead and comment below what your Disneyland tip or trick is. And if you haven't been to Disneyland before, ask us a question. We will be sure to respond. If you're not already, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, and everything in between. It has been a happy episode, and we will see you next week. Later.
2: Bye. Bye.